Hello, and welcome to another episode of Perspectives by Women in Securities Finance. My name is Elena Benfield, and I am your host for today's podcast and an actively engaged member and founder of Women in Securities Finance. I work at Vanguard as a senior counsel. I'm joined here by my good friend, Rebecca Gardy from Campbell's. She's head of investor relations, and I'm very thrilled that Rebecca and I connected since our careers have nothing to do with each other. I'd like Rebecca to share the story of how we connected. Of course. Hi, Elena. Thank you so much for having me today. The story of how we met, it definitely is an example of stepping out of your comfort zone, something that I would have never imagined doing 10, 20 years ago, but now comes fairly naturally to me. So if you remember, you were a speaker on a panel and I had been invited to listen in the audience. And I was just so impressed by your poise and the topic. And while you were answering some questions, I flipped open LinkedIn, looked you up, thought you had a great background and just took the risk. I wrote you a little note saying, I'd love to connect. You know, it was worth a shot maybe to connect with you. And then you wrote me back (laughs) and the rest is history. And I'm so grateful that I had the courage to do that, to reach out and thankful that you reciprocated. And it goes to the power again, like getting out of your comfort zone, like how much courage did it take to cold email a random person (laughs) to introduce herself, right? And I remember getting the email from LinkedIn and thinking, ah, Campbell's, wait, have I worked with them? But to have the curiosity and the courage to reach out to people, to make connections and build relationships is so key to life. And it's something like you said, Rebecca, when I was younger, I was just too shy and embarrassed to do something like that. And I look back and think of how much more enriching my life could have been at that time had I had the courage then that I think we are feeling now. You know, it reminds me of, gosh, it must have been 15, 20 years ago at this point. I had an opportunity to connect with this woman who was an entrepreneur, and we got to know each other, and we'd meet for lunch every so often. And one day she said, instead of lunch, why don't you just come with me as I go on my sales calls? So I said, sure, you know, should be fun. Just nothing I've ever done before. I'll go. And it was really interesting to just kind of shadow her. Like I didn't know her business. I didn't know these clients that she was calling on. And I was just basically following along. And at the end of the day, as we were driving back to my office, she gave me a t-shirt, which I still have, that says, I thrive on rejection. And that was her philosophy, right? You just don't know what will come of things if you never try. And that's how she built a multi-billion dollar business by really just having the courage to get rejected, you know? And so that's always been in the back of my mind. And so when I sent you the note, worst case is you delete, but best case is we become friends and you introduce me to your friends and I introduce you to mine and we're the source of more connections for people. So it was totally worth the risk and what a payoff. I love it. And the concept of courage, I think, is really important personally and professionally, especially in these times. And, and I love what you're saying about failure, because I look back on my life and I think about how many things that I didn't try out of fear of failing. 
And to be able to embrace that as your motto in order to grow is just, it's liberating. So tell me about your career. You're in investor relations at Campbell's. Campbell's is an incredible American company, great food, but you started your career in banking. Yeah. How did you get from banking to Campbell's Soup? What were the stops in between? And I understand you had the courage to take a number of years off to raise your kids. So tell our members about all these changes so they can think about their own career path. Yeah, it was an internship I had during my junior year of college with a bank in New York. And they liked what I did and they offered me a job. So I went back to my senior year with a job in hand, which let me explore different opportunities. I ended up taking the job after I graduated. It was in commercial banking. And if I think back about how that experience was so incredibly valuable to me today, decades later, it was the relationship building, right? It was those skills with our commercial banking clients that really taught me a few things. One is how to network, how to build relationships, you know, the value of trust. But also alongside that was the ability to be really discerning about the things that matter. And that lesson comes back to me in many forms. So as a banker, I had to really understand the key drivers of each of my customers' businesses, right? And so it was middle market commercial lending. So whether the company was in manufacturing or distribution or the food industry, beverage industry, I needed to understand the macro drivers and assess their credit risk. So that ability to kind of hone in on the things that really matter was really great training ground for me. I went on to move to Atlanta from New York, went into an accounting firm, into the corporate finance practice there before stepping out and joining a private company right before they went public. That was also an incredible opportunity. So as as I tell you my story, it's nothing linear at all. Lots of twists and turns, which I think is a great piece of advice that what you think you're going to be in five years may not be anywhere close to what you end up doing, but I think there is just generally a grand plan at play. And so I joined the private company, we took it public, and then I had the ability to step out of the corporate world for what I thought was going to be just a few weeks, turned out to be six years and had just a phenomenal opportunity to raise my two kids until they went to school. I did start a business because I'm pretty type A and couldn't sit still. And so I did start my own business. And then I found myself in a marketing role. So pivoted from finance to marketing at a public restaurant company and spent several years there. It was a phenomenal opportunity to learn a completely different side of business. And then our CFO asked me if I would run investor relations, which I did. And it turns out I've been there ever since in the investor relations seat, because it's a beautiful intersection of finance and marketing, communication strategy, and all of those disciplines that I really enjoy. So very much kind of left brain, right brain individual. And this is kind of a great combination of all of those. So with each of these changes, were you scared? What prompted it? Because I usually, my average tenure at a job is about eight years and it's just been being a lawyer. So (laughs) rather boring. Can you tell us what the thought process was with each of these changes? What might've held you back and what helped you decide to move to a different city, change industries, change companies? You know, I think even when I think back about leaving New York to go to Atlanta, at the time, my husband had a job in Atlanta 
I did not. And maybe it was a function of being much younger, or I'd like to think it's more of the risk taker in me. But I remember visiting Atlanta and thinking there are just giant office buildings everywhere. I'm sure there's a job somewhere for me here. And so maybe naive confidence, but that's really what I thought at the time. Like, I'll just find a job. And the switch from finance to marketing really was just wanting to try something new. I think that perhaps it's a function of some personal things, like my father died at a very young age, and I just never want to have the regret of not trying something. It's probably what also led me to be an entrepreneur. I remember thinking I had this great idea for a business, and worst case scenario, I was going to see someone else try it because I couldn't get over the fear. And so I jumped off the cliff and started my own business. I'd rather try and fail than not try. So that's pretty much what has guided me my whole career. Any words of wisdom for some of our younger members and those who are thinking about making a career change or worried about making a career change? Yeah, I think one thing I've said to various women I've coached over the years is something I still do today, which is every six months or a year, I take a beat to think about if I'm doing what I want to be doing. I'm the quintessential list maker. I make lists of all sorts of things. And I have a list of things that I really want in a role, in a job and things that I really don't. And I just kind of flip through that list once in a while and make sure that I'm still doing what really ignites my passion and feeds my soul and still makes me want to get up in the morning. So just to have the courage to do that periodically. Going a little more deeply into when to know that it's time to pivot. What were some critical things that happened that was a catalyst to pivot? My business was thriving, but my partner was my soon-to-be ex-husband. So we were going to shut down the business and the marriage. So I needed a job and I needed to stay in Atlanta because of my children. And the Popeye's marketing job, it was a big company. It was paying well. I had zero marketing experience, but I knew a ton of people who kept putting my resume on the CMO's desk until he finally called me and he was like, I don't know who you are, but everyone's telling me I need to meet you. So come on in. And it was a tough interview because I had no marketing experience, but he took a risk on me and he hired me after meeting with a hundred marketing people, all of which could have easily done the job. And he went with the finance chick who had never done it before. The one thing I would add was not unlike what I was saying to you, Elena, about the worst cases, you just delete my LinkedIn request. I remember thinking as I went into that interview that day, worst case is I get to spend 30 or 45 minutes with the chief marketing officer of a public restaurant company. I'm going to learn something. Even if I don't land the job, I just expanded my network and he now knows who I am. And I'm confident that I'll make a good impression, right? He may not pick me, but at least I will have met him. And then I met the CEO and I spent an hour and a half. She cleared her calendar. And I remember leaving that meeting going, I just spent over an hour with the CEO of a major company in the country. So yay. And I may not get the job, but better to try. And it goes to the whole point of not being short-sighted, right? Every effort, it may not result in exactly what you think you're going to get or what you think you might want, but having an open mind and having the courage to connect again, going back to the relationship theme, 
there's always a benefit. There's always a benefit. There's no failure in putting yourself out there because of the way you're looking at the world, which is an opportunity to connect. Right. It's looking at it as what if, but in a positive way. It's not if I fail, but what if I succeed? That's right. Right. And I won't know the answer to that question if I don't even try. But going back to having the courage, say you do that evaluation and you say, you know, it's good enough. Forget that particular role, but every other role. And to say, well, you know, I'm comfortable. A lot of people, they're comfortable. They know what they know. They know the people that they work with. They kind of have it covered. Why not just do the same stuff? Because what if, what if it's something that lights you up even more? What if it's a place that you can make a bigger impact? that helps you develop new skills, not only uses your current skills, but pushes you to learn more. To me, it is a basic belief or recognition that this is once around. We're on this little journey one time and you've got to extract as much as possible. That's my DNA is we've got one shot. So make it count. To share your personal story is so important to make people feel like They're not alone. That courage that we're talking about extends to being authentic and vulnerable and knowing that someone who's listening to me in some form, this story will resonate and giving them the courage to own their history. We need to tell the story of ourselves. So that authenticity is so important to me and it does take courage. The whole theme of authenticity and vulnerability and courage and thinking what if and not being afraid to fail, they're all interrelated and reaching out to people and building those relationships so that we're not alone. And that goes to the entire mission of Women in Securities Finance and why we even got together in the first place is to create a community where we can share our stories and not be alone, to give each other strength and guidance. So thank you. That's great wisdom. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Perspectives by Women in Securities Finance. We hope you enjoyed our conversation today. We're excited to continue bringing you these discussions to further educate members across the global securities finance community. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to our Women in Securities Finance chapter leads. Many thanks to Rebecca Gardy for her wisdom, time, and insights. Thank you, Elena.